Hey, everybody. I hope your holidays are off to a fun and rambunctious start. If you're listening to this right now, I can guess what you are thinking. What can I give Mike Tully for Christmas? And the answer to that is very simple. If you enjoy The Tully Show, please rate and review and subscribe to The Tully Show. It is super easy. It's probably easier to do than downloading this podcast was in the first place. Thank you to everybody who has done it so far. If you could join the people who have done that so far, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, and on with the show. Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I'm your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today once again, a fan favorite and a band who you can hear every day, along with me on The Jason Ellis Show here on Faction Talk as well. Hello and happy holidays, Kevin Kraft. Yes! Oh man, my uh, my Ritalin's kicking in. I think I'm peaking. I'm in prime condition. So you take drugs every single day? Yeah. Do you... Are you joking about your Ritalin kicking in, or can you feel it kicking in? Oh, yeah, you can f- for sure feel it kicking in. So is it like, I'm trying to, because I took Ritalin something like it one time. I went to a doctor, and I really respected the hell out of this guy, because I was like, dude, I could lie to you. But the fact of the matter is, obviously this drug is very popular with the kids nowadays. And I was like in my mid-20s at this point, and I was like, uh, I, I just, I hear the symptoms they're describing, and I'm pretty sure I had all of those in high school. Can I just have some? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss that guy. He was the best doctor I ever had. And he gave me one, and it was one of the worst nights of my entire life. I took it, and when it kicked in, I felt like I had to move. And I, I swim laps for exercise, and I went to a pool, and I've never, I like a mile is the most I ever swim. I swam like a mile and three quarters, and I got out, and I was still like cornholio. Oh, yeah. And I went- It's instant. It's, it's very cornholio. And then I went home and- I had, and I knew it was time for bed, and I wanted to go to bed so bad, but I knew my body wouldn't let me. So I had this little IKEA love seat, and I just curled up in front of my television. And I don't know why. I remember watching a Beastie Boys video <laughs> on my IKEA love seat, wishing like, and I would like fall asleep for like three minutes and just wake up and be like, no, no, there are things to be done. <laughs> I mean, the science name of Ritalin is like methylphenophlopoblate. <laughs> right. It's like the first four letters of it are meth. Yeah. It's for sure speed. It's a stimulant. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people, it's, I mean, it's basically the same thing as Adderall, and a lot of people do Adderall for that peak when I it have, kicks in. Yeah. I have a friend who, uh, I'm about to introduce you to actually. <laughs> oh was, hell yeah! Who was speaking to me very, in very glowing terms about Adderall? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I've been, apparently, I'm missing out in a major way. It, it, like, it, is it? Because he was saying, I'm starting to think. In you know, as it's him talking, that the high flyers of the world, they're not. Nowadays, they're not better than you or I so much as they're on better drugs. Like It's almost like being in professional sports. You'd have to be so amazing to not be on steroids because so many people are on steroids. Yeah. So am I, am I not maximizing my full potential by not being on drugs? Probably. I mean, they, they do make us better. We all need that's the missing piece in all of us drugs. <laughs> like when I was Did you feel that way when they kick in, I'll give you that. When I when I was in high school, I mean they started they started me on Ritalin and antidepressants really early, probably way too early yeah. in life. I think when I first started on Ritalin, they had me on an above legal dose. I was overprescribed it. Sweet. Um and it's funny you could like I was I I was given, you know, a prescription of two doses a day, and my report card, you could clearly tell which subjects the Ritalin was active for. <laughs> <laughs> Those teachers were like, my God, Kevin is just a go-getter. He has he is been a, sp- a revelation this he's term. He's a sponge of information. He's he's just the perfect student, and then you get like cleaned, two periods later. the entire classroom. Like, Kevin has zero energy, <laughs> no future, 
He is a fucking loser. Because I don't know. I get the problem is I'm not a, I'm not opposed to taking drugs. I own a whole bunch of them, but I I feel like I'm more like prone to like girly side effects than than most people are. I took like a herbal brain. What's the real brain drug? Well, obviously, oh I, obviously I'm not on it anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> obviously, I've never been on it. I got my hands on some of that, and that was, and and then I was just trying some herbal stuff that was supposed to be just as good. And I just took the herbal thing, like, dude, you can buy it over the counter. And then I interviewed Joe Mandy, and everything he said, I was like, huh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, dude. I when I was so working I wa- for, I want to um, hit you up for Ritalin, but I don't. I know what's going to happen. It's just, I, I know I, a guy. I need to. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Me, I'm like. <laughs> I know me well. I'm like a dog with an electric fence, you know? Like twice a year I still need to go over there and make really sure that I can't touch that. <laughs> I uh when I was working for Fitzsimmons, he's also prescribed Ritalin. Yeah, I could see that. And he has um he doesn't like the pills for that reason because mm-hmm. you take it when it kicks in, you're like Oh yeah, there's that wave. Let's get some shit done. He he likes to just gradually space it out. That's so they, right. I've seen him just do bumps, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they gave him a Ritalin patch, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, a Ritalin patch? That sounds fucking cool." So I talked to my doctor, and they switched me over the patch for a little bit. So I slapped the patch on, and that was also around the time when I first got hemorrhoids. So I would soak my asshole in the tub in like the warm water and one day it was before I was interviewing James Gunn on my podcast the filmmaker right and I was like alright well let's take care of these hemorrhoids well I got some free time naturally so I grab a book I hop in the, the tub with the hot water and I'm chilling and I look down and I see the Ritalin patch on my thigh and I'm like I wonder if this was a good idea it opened up my pores right. with the hot water yep. and dumped the Fuck. entire Ritalin patch into me. Oof. So James Gunn comes over. Hey James Gunn, how's it going? You tried to slither. Hey, and you wrote on the day that Hey, what? Yeah, zombies. It was. It was like he walked into a crack den. It was the most exciting three minute interview in the history of radio. Yeah, and my my. Oh, he's on drugs too. My pupils <laughs> exceeded the blue part and started taking over the white part. Like I looked like Pinhead. Right, you looked like an anime character. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that was fun. Well, the holiday season is upon us. I just noticed that. Did you? Yes. That's actually maybe the best part of having a child is you see, you really do see Christmas through a child's eyes. He has his little advent calendar and he pulls his little chocolate out every night and he counts the days and how many days is it and... Um, he announced his intention, as I guess every child does sooner or later, to stay up all night on Christmas night because he's going to see Santa. I swore I saw Santa once. To this day. Oh, yeah. If you want to see something. I mean, that's how do people see Bigfoot? If you want to see something bad enough. I, I looked out the window of my grandparents' room on Christmas Eve, and I saw a straight-up, like, Tinkerbell-esque sparkle shoot through the sky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was Santa. He is fucking real. Yes. Can I tell you the the unintended side effect that I've begun to notice from raising a child who loves Santa with all of his heart? I think, like, I was raised Christian, and then you just sort of take it for granted that that's true, and then you go, wait a second. <laughs> and then maybe some people, like, more dark, cynical people, that takes them straight to atheism. I think it took a person like myself more to agnosticism who really knows i could see it being true i could easily see it not being true there doesn't seem to be any empirical evidence one way or the other yeah and maybe the lack of empirical evidence is all the evidence you need (laughs) that there's no god you know this is standard stuff but when you're telling stories about apologies to anybody who might be listening with a child right now who should tune out that um, when you start telling them the Santa stories, and then you need to start like papering over the holes in in the Santa story. Yeah, you go, and I'm not the first person to have had this revelation or to to say this, but I've never internalized it to this extent. My my God, like God is just Santa for adults. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've I think I've talked about this before when when I was walking around the mall with my mom. And she, I think I was eight at the time. She's like, do you want to go sit on Santa's lap? I'm like, uh, yeah, well, that might not be necessary. And she, she just looks at me and I look at her and I'm like, oh no. I'm like, 
he's fake, isn't he? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then I start going out. I'm like, Tooth Fairy? She's like, nope. I'm like, Easter Bunny? Nope. Jesus? She's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Jesus is real. Yep. (laughs) Saddam Hussein? (laughs) No, you know, the fucked up thing. He's totally real. I, uh, Hitler actually happened as well. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. History's greatest boogeyman are all 100% real. When um, when my mom would be like, so you have to make your, your, your Christmas list, your present list for Santa, and I would put like a G.I. Joe, and I would put the Ninja Turtle I wanted, and a Nintendo game, and I'd wake up Christmas morning, unwrap those packages, and... Pfft, Oh my god, the 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 three things I put on my list are right fucking here. This is great. So like every year I was like this is just I mean this is magical. I just write something on this piece of paper and it appears. Yeah, and you so, and you only half question the fact that Santa's workshop is clearly people doing like wood shop kind of things and yeah. yet you could get a GI Joe in the in the like the Chinese plastic <laughs> packaging. Yeah, yes. Uh, Santa's workshop is clearly supplying uh KB toys. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So I thought I had the system beat. So my mom gives, like, the year comes where she's like, all right, it's time to make your your list for Santa. I wrote down two words. Magic powers. And she was like, oh, you don't want to put any backups on here? I'm like, well, once I get the magic powers, I don't need a backup. Yeah. Yeah, you found the loophole. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas Day comes and I look at, you know, all the presents under the tree and I'm like, which one of these is most shaped like magic powers? Because that's the one I'm opening first. Did you try a magic set? No. I would have at least tried to be like, oh, Santa didn't understand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think that's the route she took. I know. Yeah, hopefully you just forget by next year. I was like, where the fuck are my powers? She's like, oh, Santa must have forgot those. Yep. And Man. that's when, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a weird day. It's going to be a sad day when my uh, when my kid comes to the beginning of the crushing realization that life as we know it on Earth is... Meaningless. I mean, I'm a gigantic pussy. I, t- I took the Santa news well. I just, the only thing I remember about the Santa news is me going, because I have a sister who's two years older than me, and I was like, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I'm beginning to become skeptical about this Santa guy. Did, did it ever occur to you he might not be real? And my sister goes, of course he's not real, real you moron, but if mom and dad know that, we stop getting presents. <laughs> Oh man, that's a great strategy. So, do you like Christmas music? You can be. Honest. I do. I I, I, actually, I actually really do. Be- I kind of do too. Just because you know, growing up, I I grew up in a big family, and my mom was super young when she had me. So it was me and my mom and my grandparents and my aunts and my uncle. So it was a big family. And when the day after Thanksgiving, the house played twenty four hours nonstop Christmas music, just puts you in the right mood. It does, and I've really grown to appreciate Christmas as I've gotten older because, for this reason, the gift-giving is annoying and a lot of it is annoying, but if we don't just pick a random time of the year to just be like, let's just throw a big party and let's just redecorate our house and let's just have everybody over and have some silly traditions, then don't the days just blend into the weeks and the weeks into the months and the months into the years? Exactly. That's That's the reason for Christmas. Yeah. Or Jesus, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't like the sad ones. There's too many sad Christmas songs. Maudlin. I And that's the thing. I'm getting more sentimental in my advancing years. I could probably make myself choke up right now just thinking about I'll be home for Christmas. It's so fucking depressing. Because who, who is who is who's like sitting around getting in the Christmas spirit and they're like I'm just gonna write the most bleak fucking depressing piece of shit ever. Well, I'm assuming that was a hit during World War II, which uh, makes it ten times I can see that. worse. I'll be home for Christmas, but the flying dick punch on the end. Is if only in my dreams. Yeah. So as if it wasn't sad enough that he'll be home for Christmas, guess what? He's not coming home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't there a line about it like, like the, there's some Christmas songs, one of the sad ones where it's like, next year, like I'll be there next year, but then, you know, the next Christmas season rolls around and that song plays again and it's like, mm-hmm. I'll be around next year. It's like, this guy never comes. Yeah, I know, right? It's like the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's like Seattle, you know. 
All right. Well, you may like Christmas music, but you're not going to like any of the songs that I have assembled. Oh, fucking sweet. Maybe you know some of these. I don't think I knew this one, but apparently it's a bit of a hit. (laughs) I don't want to see my mama cry. Uh Is this Willie? Uh, John Denver. Uh. So he's not trying to be funny? I don't want oh, no. To see my mama cry. Complete missed opportunity to say, I don't want mama's new black eye. Too dark. I mean, too dark. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, don't get drunk and beat mommy this Christmas. It's probably, that's probably the bridge. <laughs> or maybe maybe he likes you know takes it to the next level with the because if you're just gonna do the same rhyme over and over in every chorus you want to flip that rhyme the last time to uh, to make it even more powerful and maybe, <laughs> maybe he beats up <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that song called like all I got for Christmas was a fat lip this apparently this is a uh, persistent theme in country music because when I looked that song up which is by John Denver and I don't even I think it was on an album I think it was on like Rocky Mountain High or whatever his big album was so it wasn't even just like a Christmas release that's that was a song for all seasons <laughs> oh I guess God. Um, I found many other versions many other country artists have also covered that so apparently that's a perennial classic classic in that community it's mind-blowing that that's not satire I know I know the angle on this one is also a bit odd, as is the people who are singing it. You will, of course, recognize the song. The song's become a bit notorious of late. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've Can you recognize the guy? Away. Baby, it's cold outside. Shatner? Evening has been been not too far off. So Spock. Is this Edith and Archie Bunker? <laughs> the woman is B.B. Newworth. Oh, Frasier. Okay. Lilith from, from Cheers. It's not Frasier. It's not? Ted Danson? <laughs> you're, you're right in the ballpark. Danny DeVito. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. Andrew McCarthy. Uh, Jonathan Silverman. There's no cabs to be had out there. Bernie. How is that not Shatner? <laughs> there are no cabs to be had out there. You are listening to the date rapey. The date rapey Christmas side of John Lithgow. Holy shit. Perhaps the least threatening man to ever record it, baby. Yeah. It's I'm pretty. I, I take BB in that fight ten times out of ten. <laughs> I don't know. After watching season four of Dexter, I I I might be able to see the rapey side of of John Lithgow. Oh, I can see the the I can see the the hungry eyes in Lithgow. I just don't think he's going to be able to block the door. <laughs> that song has become almost like persona non grata in today's you know, hashtag me too culture. Although it hasn't like there are new covers for 2017 of that. Well, cause it's weird. You never know if I guess there is a line in there. I did hear of what did you put in my drink? <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong, but I always, I'm the backlash to the backlash where I'm like, dude, maybe it's just the game. Maybe she, she, this is a different era and she, she wants to do it, but she needs to be like talked into it. Yeah. Cause I, I'm trying to think, I mean, I basically pulled "Baby, It's Cold" on side, uh, outside on one of my long-term girlfriends and my wife. Like the, the first, you slip something in their drink. No, I just mean that the first time that it literally was cold when, <laughs> when this girl I, I worked with her and she was over my house and she's like, "I should get going." I was like, "Oh, are you sure you don't want to stay? It's so cold out there." And then she stayed <laughs> over, and then we had sex, and then we went out for like a year and a half. <laughs> and then my wife, whatever the hell we were doing on our first date, she she drove me home, and I was like, you've been drinking, you shouldn't leave. Despite the fact that she'd driven me to my house, and we didn't consume anything more there. And it worked, and then we had sex, and now we have children. Sometimes people just need a gentle push in the right direction. That's all I'm saying, you ladies. Did, you, <laughs> uh, baby, it's cold outside is like, you know, 46 bars of of 
prodding. Yeah, he probably should have given up after the first verse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I if you do a whole fucking verse of <laughs> of pressure, you you might be a scumbag. You've crossed if you the just, line. If you try one line and it works, you're in the clear. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, you're a metal guy. I am. Yeah, so you will probably really dislike this song, or maybe you'll like it. It's kind of neat what they did here. I hope this is the right track. Hey. Oh. Yep, it just hit me. Yeah! Apparently, when you mix Metallica with Christmas music, you get Danny Elfman movie scores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't offend me. Yeah, Santa Claus and the naughty but nice orchestra, and Christmas for All, a holiday tribute to Metallica. (laughs) This works, right? Oh, yeah. Well done, guys. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, here, check out this one. (laughs) This is a Christmas party I can get behind. Yeah. I like the washboard, like... <laughs> Lars never would have thought of that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. Beautiful. Yeah, I bet you I could put that on, and my grandparents would be like, "Oh, well, this is nice." That's right. You guys will never change me. <laughs> Look what I did to you. <laughs> Duped you. Now your Christmas is metal, Grandma. Now you're going to hell. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Signed, Satan. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is some quality Christmas music right here. I'm just a gigolo. Son of a bitch computer. <laughs> Let's just let that stew in the background. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like an old recording. I think the Jingle like, Cats maybe uh, maybe classic rock at this point. I, ju- I just picture like 14 guys in a recording studio playing a bunch of alley cats like an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a really nice and fanciful way of looking at it, when in reality it was, like, one mean guy, like, torturing a lot of cats for a long time. <laughs> well, it's either that or he just had, like, the Ferris Bueller keyboard sampler. I'm trying to, like, listen to each one. Enjoy. Oh, that was a new one. Yeah. That last one. That was a very sad. When he got that one, he's like, oh, wow. The Jingle Cats featuring dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's like Paw Stampin' San and his merry band of pound animals. <laughs> They've made a really terrific music video for this as well. I'd like to think that people are uh, so this will this this episode will air like I think three days before Christmas. People will be doing Christmassy sorts of things and yeah. So while you're thinking of Christmas and enjoying your family, just picture a man <laughs> with twelve cats and dogs lined up in a row by height and just stomping on their tail <laughs> like he's one man handbell show. <laughs> Did you do handbells? What's handbells? Uh. Did you go to Catholic school? Yeah, a lot. They yeah, in my Catholic school, they were big on the handbells. Uh you know that that um Hershey Kiss Christmas commercial that's been playing for like 3 decades with the they lift off and go ding 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 ding. There's like a triangle of Hershey Kisses. Oh, I was thinking and they of, pop up and ring themselves. What's the ad where a bunch of hunky dudes have bells on their dicks and they do that? And they like thrust their hips for whenever it's their note. Oh, isn't that um happy hour at Applebee's? <laughs> I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) 
picture. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's the famous Applebee's ad where the gay dudes hump the camera with their undies <laughs> on. Either way, the the Hershey Kiss thing that those are handbells. Uh-huh. And I, I guess they were big in in my Catholic school. And I was actually part of the handbell group for a year or two. And there would always be one show off, one star kid who they would lay out every single bell from biggest to smallest on like sometimes two collapsible tables and he would be a one-man handbell show and just run around and play an entire song by himself picking up the bells ringing them and setting them down where's that kid now nowhere that's where yep pretty much guaranteed i think he writes for rolling stone now though really so he showed me yeah i know he showed all of us <laughs> here's uh, i don't know if you'll be able to place the voice but here's another New Christmas classic. Watching snowflakes kiss that baby, and it makes me think. Bill Fairfield. I wonder what God wants for Christmas. What God wants for Christmas? Think about it. That a piece you of can't shit. Find in a store. Maybe peace on earth. Dude, God has no magic powers. He has what I wanted. Oh, I never get what I really want, and that's a song from <laughs> Darius Rucker of Woody and the Blowfish. Oh, shit, another Furby. <laughs> this is Hootie, by the way. Man. Who hurt you, Hootie? <laughs> why, why do you need to... Prolonged the circle of violence by hurting me. <laughs> Apparently, a, he's like a legit country star. What a jerk off! It's like combining the worst elements of country standards and Hootie and the Blowfish. That's yeah, a, that is a fucking axis of evil. And then sprinkle in, sprinkle in preachy Jesus shit. Oh, that's right! Don't forget Christian music. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the worst element of Christmas songs, the sad violins. Yeah. Like, I want to be happy and think about elves and presents. Yeah. Not one day all your family will die. Yeah, don't ask me why. This is the second Christmas music um, show that I'm doing. I already did one with Mark McGrath, and we we had the same uh, observation that there's so much incredibly maudlin like there if you hear simply having a wonderful christmas time on the right christmas in the right setting at the right l- late time of night like you're putting a handgun in your mouth yeah the 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 paul mccartney one yes that yeah that's i mean i'll still take it over the depressing ones but that's still the worst christmas song ever made well but that's the thing about there's a weird thing about christmas songs where there's the depressing ones but then there's the ones that are so happy they also become depressing and I don't, for one, believe that Paul's having a very nice Christmas. <laughs> nope. He still misses that one leg lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he only married the one leg lady because he missed the other, the real love of his life. Do you know that? That he, him and Linda, I think there was something like maybe like only one time or two times did they ever not spend the night together the entire time they were together, despite the fact that he was like in the Beatles and then in Wings and then touring the world. Oh, dang. Paul is probably, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of who, but he, I can't, he can't possibly have any competition. Okay, who would be the most shocking person to have sex assault allegations against them in this climate? I think Tom Hanks has become the de facto answer to that. Yeah. But I don't think Paul McCartney cheats on his wife. I don't think Paul McCartney has a penis. I definitely think he had, that's the thing. I think he I think he was like a an enthusiastic monogamous fucker. I, I mean there's there's got to be some of them, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Those people do have to kind of exist. I know, if some people like ska, there's got to be somebody who's naturally monogamous. <laughs> 
I remember <laughs> Stephen King saying that one time. I don't even know what, if I was reading a thing or listening to an interview. I don't know why. I don't know why I remember this fact, but him saying, I met my wife and we discovered that we were both naturally monogamous, which I took to mean that they were peas in a pod and they were instantly very happy with each other and that they actually did have like a healthy and productive sex life. Yeah. They just weren't really tempted outside of that. And I love my wife enough that I could kind of understand how that might work. <laughs> 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 and I think Paul might have actually been that guy. I think he's number one on, like, I truly, he, he, first I was going to say who is the most iconic, famous person who probably doesn't cheat on their wife. I think he easily wins that just because he's one of the most iconic people in the world, period. Yeah. You, there's only like four or five people you need to consider. Is there even? Who's more iconic than Paul McCartney? <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Michael Jackson's dead. Elvis is dead. I mean, there's dead. There's another Bowie's Beatle, dead. but he's Fuck. kind of the lame one. Oh, man. The luckiest man who, <laughs> the luckiest man who ever lived. Ringo Starr. Yep. You know, I was thinking about Ringo because with the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the Roy Moore stuff and all that, it's, of course, it goes without saying, completely wrong for middle-aged men to attempt to seduce 15-year-old girls. <clears throat> but there is a really long, rich, proud tradition of pop songs about the very subject. Oh my God, yeah. And people at some point are going to have to square one with the other that you utterly, and this is not a political statement, I would of course say the exact same thing if it were a, a Democratic politician or, or candidate, square your condemnation of a man who allegedly was in his 30s and tried to seduce high school girls with Ringo Starr singing... You're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. <laughs> like, you put that song on the top yeah. of the chart, so clearly you didn't feel that strongly about it in 1974. Was it that relaxed back then? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, okay, for one thing, there are, you know, age of consent laws that me, as a human being and an adult, especially one in 2017, have a hard time squaring myself to that it's ever been okay for people to date like 16-year-olds. I interviewed a band one time, this like alt-rock band, and they were from England. And I was just like, tell me some rock and roll stuff you guys have done. And they're like, well, we did end up uh, at some chateau in France with a bunch of wine and a bunch of girls, and they were all 16. Sweet 16! And, I, and <laughs> this was in like 2004. <laughs> and I was like, is that legal where you're from? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, well, it's not here, so so you probably don't want to tell too many other people that story. I'll give you that pro tip for hanging out in America. Yeah, or maybe take a little enthusiasm out of that story the next the time you tell story it. That's the best story you've got. Yeah. yeah. Maybe but, don't do the finger guns. And then, you know, if you were the person who participated even tongue-in-cheek with, like, countdown to the Olsen twins being legal... Yeah. Then, of of course, like, internet jokes are not the same. I assume many people who were in on the Olsen twin joke would never have actually dated an Olsen twin. Yeah. But presumably some people who were in on that joke would have. Yeah. You know? This is creepy. I've completely changed the tenor of this show. <laughs> Put on some more terrible- Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> this song's really bad. I mean, Sounds I know like it could I, be from Mannequin. I know it starts really great, but trust me, it gets bad. Shave your pussy for Christmas. <laughs> there I stood in another line, trying to buy that last gift or two. Not really in the Christmas mood. Standing right in front of me was a little boy waiting anxiously. Gross. No, it's not like that. <laughs> it's called the Christmas shoes. And, and I called him the Prince of Tides. He was dirty from head to toe. And when it came his time to pay, I couldn't believe what I heard him say. Get ready to cry. Sir, I want to buy these shoes. For my mama, please. She it's ain't got no feet. Shoes are just her size. <laughs> <laughs> 
Could you fuck off? No, wait, here it comes. Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while. No, these shoes will make her smile. One or two look beautiful. If Mama meets Jesus tonight. There's something wrong with you, dude. <laughs> Oh, God, what okay. a pandering maybe, asshole that guy is. Maybe you didn't understand what was going on. His <laughs> motherfucking mother is dying today, which just happens to be Christmas. And they're poor, and he just wants her to have some nice shoes in her deathbed. As everybody knows, son, you don't get into heaven without nice shoes. There's a very low-budget music video. If you want to run over here for a second and take a look, it's all shot inside, like, a, a local shoe store. And it's this guy. Oh, great. You gave him the money for the shoes. The quivering hand <laughs> extends out with crumbled bills. There's the kid who's the dirty little kid who's so happy he's getting the money, but missing a tooth. The guy is wearing a suit jacket and, like, a T-shirt and a baseball cap. Like, the guy who's singing this. He basically looks like uh, it's like uh, Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick is delivering this song. <laughs> yeah, they might distract mom from the fact she's pissing blood. I am led to believe that there are some people who um, take this song seriously and enjoy it. Whew! Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ, cheer up, whoever you are. That is fucking bleak. I guess. I guess. I guess moms need music, too. Moms can like Jingle Bells, too. Yeah, not all moms, obviously. Are, are you... Uh, the ones that aren't terminally ill. <laughs> <laughs> the shoeless, termini- terminally ill moms out it's there. It's a completely untapped market. <laughs> Do you know, uh, You, I'm sure you know this, that there was a, um, a Star Wars Christmas album? Not to be confused with the Star Wars Christmas special. They were two separate entities? It wasn't like the soundtrack to it? No. Nothing to do with one another. I want to say that the Star Wars Christmas special, the notoriously terrible one, came out pretty shortly after um, A New Hope, the first one. It had Ewoks in it, though, didn't it? No, you're thinking of they were baby Wookiees. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've only seen like little snippets of it. I've never seen, seen it in its entirety. It's not so bad it's good it's very 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 long that i gave up like i was showing it to my kid because i was like oh this could work on both levels he'll watch literally anything star wars and i can finally see this famous piece of shit yeah and he wandered off at some point and i wasn't too far behind him because there's a very very long scene where like i don't know like chewbacca's family is waiting for like chewbacca's dad to come home for christmas or something and there's like a six, seven, eight, nine, ten minute scene where they're just talking to each other about how great it'll be when he comes back, and they're speaking Wookie. So they're just like, yeah. and then they have subtitles of like, "When is Daddy coming home from the war, Mom?" Precisely. Oh man, exactly. How did you even watch it? Is it like on YouTube? I think I found it on YouTube. I'm not that clever. It could be found if I found it. So there's this other thing. I think that that was made like a year after. You know, right when it was prime, prime Star Wars fever. This album happened in 1980, and it seems like it's a a knockoff, so not too long before Empire Strikes Back came out. Okay. And this is like an official thing because they have the voice of C-3PO on it. All right. And I think that their intention was to make this an annual holiday tradition, a Star Wars Christmas album, but I don't think they ever did it again. Well, that's a bummer. It's dunk. What do you mean, Artu? That noise is singing, you silly bucket. Oh. What? Me teach you how to sing? Well, I don't know if I can, Artu. You see, it's rather complicated. Yes, C-3PO is about to sing. Perhaps I can explain music. If I try to sing you the explanation, you see, there's a kind of sound you won't find in your men. Recall, when you add a note to one, you sound it just before, 
and another one. After oh, this that. is him. He's and singing already. He started. It already started. Yeah. Oh, I know. It takes and a minute. You are singing notes galore. A bit wooden for a metal it's robot. Wooden. There's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody, and another <laughs> person sings along in harmony. It's I heard the guy who plays C3PO is like the biggest cocksucker who ever lived. Oh yeah, I've heard that too. He's got the face of a smug fuck. Star Wars Christmas, why don't they keep doing this? Yeah, fuck it. I'll put it on in the background, I just won't pay attention and really analyze the lyrics. There's nothing really Star Warsy in the lyrics though, right? Well, there's there's a whole album. We'll get to a couple more of these. Oh, sweet. Uh, there's something about when people have very, very limited roles, particularly that don't involve their face being on screen in really, really humongous things that yeah. I think can really poison a certain kind of mind. And I think the fact that he's C-3PO makes it a really, really big deal. But the fact that when he walks down the street, nobody knows that C-3PO makes him very precious about being C-3PO, the guy, Anthony something or other, is the guy who, uh, who does the voice. Because I've always heard total hearsay that Andy Serkis is like the biggest cocksucker who ever lived. Oh, that's a bummer. And he's the guy who did the motion capture, which was like revolutionary at the time for Gollum, and then he does it for everything. Every, yeah, he he's like the for, go-to mocap guy. Right. And he's, he's now even getting a lot of roles without just okay, him well, maybe that's him. Maybe that's taken the edge off of his alleged cocksuckery. Right, he was King Kong. He's, he's a lot of stuff like that. That he became very, um, because people were like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that we put the little ping pong balls on <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, run yeah. around and we stick you in a movie, that he be- <laughs> he uh, became very, like, you really need to understand and respect the artistry of, there's a reason why there's only one guy being Gollum, because there's only one guy on Earth who could be Gollum. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, no, it goes on. There's plenty of this stuff. There's, um... There's this song. There's actually a very amazing fact about this Star Wars. Oh, these silly bastards. You know, I'm going to see um, The Last Jedi tonight. Yeah. I, I hope they squeeze this in somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's very natural. I think it would sound really organic in a cantina somewhere. <laughs> it's so weird how... Well, it's so amazing, first of all, how many people from... Like, the critical people from the original trilogy are all... Or at least were not dead. Like, when they made The Force Awakens, you still had Admiral Akbar. Yep. Still have James Earl Jones. Used to, uh, you know, he was for uh, Rogue One. Still have Leia. John Williams is still scoring these things. I mean, allegedly, <laughs> I doubt <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. actually doing a lot of hands-on scoring. But his uh, name Kenny is... Baker, the R two D two guy, I think yeah. he was still alive. <clears throat> Wait, is he still inside? The... They can't. You can't put it. There's just no reason to put a man inside R two D two in 2017. Is I there? think just uh, oh fuck. for the what nostalgia because he got a credit. I think. Well, yeah. In Force Awakens, maybe I think maybe they just did, you know like, how, one like little um, scene so he could say he did it. Yeah, and kind of like how they put um, Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz. I think got BB-8 credits. They did. That's yeah. right. Just for being like consultants or what? I Fuck, think I forget what their credit was, but it was something weird like that. Was it something? I thought with those guys, they did some voice stuff that then got. They use their cadence as like a template yeah. for BB-8's beeps and whirs. Right. I, I assume that it was something like they those guys took a crack at what they thought a you know a, a modern droid might sound like, and then somebody ran that through so much processing and so much audio editing that in the end it almost didn't matter who had done yeah. the audio. But 
they had it was in fact at the bottom of it all their voice yeah and you know a project like that you have people begging like daniel craig begged to be a stormtrooper well and then there's that yeah there's and no kevin no, smith was a stormtrooper yeah, no and, everybody's just so flattered to be involved in any capacity whatsoever yeah you know so at one more of these this is a i'll tell you who was singing on this because you would never ever ever guess this is r2d2 we wish you a merry christmas the third song where are you I will torture you with from this Star Wars Christmas. Well, if you come over here, and this features the first, like, released recording of a very young John Bon Jovi. What? Because it just so happens that this album was made in a studio that his, like, uncle or cousin owned. There's all these demos out Is there. Is he one of these kids? No. He's going to sing lead. <coughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, there's all these demos that exist because there was a studio in the family, so he yeah. used it himself before he was Bon Jovi, and I guess he did this as well. This is him? I have to assume so. Chimney. Sometimes you got to get three syllables out of a word, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah, really bad. I wasn't going to... I've never heard of this before, but I'm just going to go ahead and click on a YouTube link because... Mommy ain't got no feet. There's an old man on a sleigh who's like me just for one day. Bestrides the world like a huge colostomy. Max Headroom? He gets no presents. Seemingly so. And he's forgotten when he's done. So here's a little gift. A song to him from me. Merry, 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 merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. You don't get any presents, you're a fucking hologram. I, uh, he's actually, Max Hedrum, the computer screen is, uh, the television screen rather, is sitting at a piano. They've put the television at the piano. Oh, God. That's really creepy. God. I know. Man, do they have any Christmas songs with the Noid sitting behind a piano? Right, the one day of the year that he doesn't ruin your delivery pizza. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> or that weird moon face guy. Uh, Mac Tonight? Yeah. I wonder what... Because I, I, I... There's a lot of things that I grew up liking in the 80s. We talked about this at length last time that I'm like, okay, that was crap. And then there's a lot of other stuff that I know is crap, but I still like it. Oh, yeah. And, but not like ironically, like I actually, like I consider Max Hedrum kind of cool. And I would imagine that somebody who was an adult when he came along would strongly, vehemently disagree with that. I could see that. You know, and I wonder what is this stuff that my kid will get into or is already into that he will one day be like, oh, that's embarrassing that I like that. But what, what awful shit is he going to get into that everyone on earth obviously knows is awful shit that he will back until the day he dies? Yeah, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having kids is terrible, but there's some uh, there's some little perks thrown in there, left and right. Um, and here is the last one that I've got. This is I I almost didn't even play this because this is this song should never have existed. Oh yeah. Sounds like it was made by Butt Package. A tiny Tim. It is. Unfortunately, this is uh, probably Tiny Tim's, like, probably Tiny Tim's final noteworthy accomplishment on Earth, relatively speaking, for a guy who didn't, you know, actually leave that much of an artistic legacy. I think it was, I think he recorded it before, that is Santa Claus has got the AIDS this year. I think he recorded it before it was clear just how devastating like <laughs> AIDS actually was. Kind of like if you if you're making like a like a bird flu joke like oh Santa's got bird flu this year. Yeah, 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 exactly. I wish you an Ebola Christmas. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Ebola eradicates like <laughs> 60% of the population of planet Earth. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. That is uh that is unfortunate. 
Yeah, uh, it's 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 almost suspicious that he put this song out and then died. I think maybe Santa. No, he lived didn't for a long too... time after that. Oh, he did. Yeah, I'm looking at a video of him. He was on on Howard Stern on in 1995. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't have all, my. I think we all remember where we were when Tiny Tim <laughs> passed. <laughs> I've got my my Tiny Tim timeline all fucked up. Oh wait, I forgot some. Wait, I, I, we have like two minutes left, and I I missed a couple that I really wanted to. Oh, let's do it. Okay. Here, I'll do this one first. Do you want to plug your stuff real quick? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can check out my podcast, Mad Scientist Party Hour. We put one out every week. It's about two hours on iTunes and Riotcast, riotcast.com. And my Twitter is at KevinCraftSucks. Instagram is just at KevinCraft. Perfect. Well done. Frosty was frustrated. But that's how the cards was dealt. When a girl is Afro Man? Yes! <laughs> well done! Spring will be here and his dick will disappear like an ice cube in a parking lot. But her pussy was too high. Yeah, I knew a guy. I used to actually work for a guy who absolutely insisted until his dying day that Afro Man would have and should have been an enduring superstar of music, but because I got high, which is the Afro Man song, was a hit shortly before September 11th. Well, and that's that, just the craziest shit I've ever the, fucking heard. The, the novelty nature of what he did made it impossible for him to continue <laughs> in that climate. Sure, that's what it was. This was a guy with. Uh, well, this was this was my boss in pop radio, <laughs> and that was his. That was his theory here. This is the last one. I'll I'll, I'll leave you with this. You would never. Is any... it Easy E? Merry motherfucking Christmas. <laughs> you could never guess. This is French Stewart. Not that far up. Balky. Oh, it's for sure Balky. Merry Menudo. Christmas. Uh, thank you, Kevin Kraft. And Merry Christmas to you and yours from me and David Hasselhoff. Oh, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>